Welcome to another episode of Living the Past this week. Are you kidding me? I thought you were full setting up a like, a freak show welcome to the, and you didn't. (laughs) I didn't. I was Ah. all formal. I was all formal. Um, that and is then I really ben. interrupted you. Sorry. Hello. And this is Paul. Uh, this is like going on our now, uh, if I was to use a sporting uh, metaphor, our Bradman's, Bradman's streak of um, uh, fucked up interruptions that you cause. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> a track by track of uh, Silverchair's Freak Show album that was released in 1997. We just talked about we we, we mentioned it in our last episode of um, February, but didn't really go real into it because I knew that we'll be doing this episode. Um, we haven't done a lot of Australian-focused... Uh, Why would we? Well, and then <laughs> <laughs> I really want to start... Like, I want to start doing it for, for, for no reason, but like this is when I was probably a bit more aware of what's going on too. So um, probably try and sort of... Uh, Lots of good Australian movies coming out, but also Australian albums that I want to delve into. I don't think uh, we get to do Neon Blue. Is that 2000? No, I reckon it's 99. 99. Well, yeah. that would be awesome to do. Um, let me formally apologize to you publicly because I did not intend to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. But the way you paused, I thought you were going to do like the closing type reference as an intro. And I was like, oh, yeah, sick. He's going to do it. And then you didn't. I was um, I was toying around with like throw the sails overboard. It's time for the silver chair <laughs> episode. Um, we're going to do this like so. If you listen to our uh, track by track of how how last season with uh, your your mate Paul from England, um, yep. not me. Um, I think it's called No Code, but you can call it How Hell, I guess. Yeah, you know why? You know why that I call it How Hell? Because <laughs> I'm know. still hung up on on, on that whole thing. No Code, the album No Code by Pearl Jam. Um, we did a entire album. We used to just do a top five. Now we're doing an entire album uh, track listing uh, ranking, um, which I informed Ben of seven minutes ago. Um, then mm. he, <laughs> he, he remembered. Um, another another Bradman like streak of you being improperly <laughs> prepared for an episode. So. I was quite prepared up until that point. Yeah, and I think I did a good job of uh, ranking them while we were talking. Yeah, right. Um, now we talked about Frog Stomp, um, obviously a couple of seasons ago. I wasn't a huge fan of Frog Stomp. Um, I still not even the first half. <laughs> the one, the only half that you listen to. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I wouldn't even. I will still still say that Neon Ballroom is my absolute favorite uh, Silverchair album. But um, after listening to this one a bit in the last uh, couple of weeks, this has got a lot of depth to it that I didn't realize that it had. Can't couldn't find a lot of uh, sort of notable. Uh, facts about the recording of it like um, I even I've read the book um, that Ben Gillies and Chris Johanny Johanny whatever you, how do you even pronounce the name um, that they wrote about Silverchair and I have to say it's it's not great uh, the book's not great or the cover of Freak Show isn't great <laughs> the cover of Freak Show is great <laughs> no I mean like their coverage their oh the coverage of um, oh about. yeah well there is there is no coverage it's 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 oh. it's it's like um, they talk talk about how they uh, they recorded at Festival Studios they did a lot of messing around and playing of um, 
like soccer and cricket in the hallways and just being like you know they're all 17 years old so like they're just being doing what 17 year olds do um they come off very bratty in this book um and i'm not talking about just in this time like pretty much throughout the entire career like ben gillies seems like a bit of a prat (laughs) um which is you know whatever that was this kind of thing um the best thing is like every so often um to, to the point that i started just to sort of like look forward to these little bits there's like these little uh, excerpts of their memories of shows throughout their career um throughout the book and like those that's the best parts is just like the nuts and bolts of yeah. what's going on at the time there's a couple of times where they mentioned that they were like really really drunk um and then i found those uh those shows on youtube and i'm like oh yeah you are <laughs> like it's there's there's um and they're 17 no, this is back. A lot of these ones were when they were in um, the uh, diorama, I think. Oh. So. But there's also, I don't know if you ever saw his version of Straight Lines on Fallon, where he's just screaming through most of it. And that's when, like, sort of like one of their last ever TV performances. And you can look at that up on YouTube too, and it's, it's quite a thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and that, like, the reason was because he'd. he'd Broken his, he basically broke his voice um, by screaming. Oh, there was some dude in the band, in the van, like they were, they were one, of, one of the touring party. They were like doing some like sam- sampling, and they were, they were screaming. And he basically blew his voice out before he went on to national TV. So, and they didn't consider miming. How about that? <laughs> um, so that's, but yeah, look, I mean, read the book if if you're like a. Uh, if you, I would say if you're a fan of like Australian music, because it is a bit of a snapshot. I can only imagine how hard it would have been for kids that age to sort of uh, navigate that type of um, career and that sort of success. And they kind of did what most people would do is just like sort of the excesses and like the, uh, the then sort of the pitfalls of it as well. Um, but today we're talking about Ninth um, to a freak show. Uh, it was, a lot of these songs were recorded, um, well, actually were written around the Frog Stomp times, I think. So Slave, Freak, No Association, and Nobody Came uh, were performed up to two years before they released on the album. Um, and there's a few different titles to some of the um, songs that I'll get into, like Cat and Mouse was the closing. Um, the proxy song was The Door. Um, so uh, there's um, also a few... Uh, unreleased tracks or not unreleased but like B-sides that will go through one in particular that's really really good uh, I kind of wish it was on the album now um, there's also uh, going ahead to Neon Ballroom you know the song Satin Sheets like sort of yeah. the first one that was actually part of this like writing session but um, actually was recorded for it but was omitted it would make a lot of sense like it fits really well with this album's theme but I'm glad that it wasn't because I think it's well, better they, on Neon Ballroom. They had punk rock song, oh, punk song one, two, and three, and like the first one's "Lie to Me." The second song was was um, on the Freak single as a B side, and then the third one is "Satin Sheets." So um, there's also an unreleased song called "Slime" that if you go onto the internet into the uh, Silver archives, which I did, <laughs> there's oh, yeah. still people talking about it. There's a there's a song called "Slime," and some it's people still not around. Well, no one can. They, apparently. Someone, some say it's been recorded, some say it was never recorded, some say it's been played live and other people don't. So if anyone knows of a way to, to um, find the song Slime, apparently it was, it was very similar to uh, No Association. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it is, 
Yeah, I don't, it doesn't sound like we're missing out too much. I have to admit, like delving into this, and uh, maybe less is the fact that I'm on holidays and I'm just looking for something to do. Um, I do like that there was like a lot of, like the theme, like it's probably the first time for a while that I've really sat down and like listened to the lyrics and like listened to the themes and like there is definitely definite themes going through this album. Um, yeah. And it's definitely an album that was, I think some of the songs like lyrically probably couldn't be made these days just because of like, like a lot of people sort of um, use a bit more metaphor these days, whereas in this one, there's just flat out talking about suicide and, and abuse and, and, uh, addiction and lots of stuff and it's, it's well, on the cool. on the wiki page there's a little section that says that they had to like tone down some of the lyrics and the themes like it was altered yeah yeah the uh the the record company said that you gotta you gotta <laughs> cut it back so i don't know maybe uh, there's different cuts but i mean the other thing too is like after reading that book especially and also the stuff that came came on with like the uh the abc documentary is that these guys aren't ever going to get back together ever again no, um, this stuff is probably not ever going to get re-released. Like, I think it's pretty much we're going to get as much as we got out of it. So, Daniel Johns is really done with this entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But without further ado, we should get into the ranking of this album. Now, um, it's it's also really um, interesting because, like, I was this was very much in my wheelhouse when it came out. Like, I wasn't a vocal fan. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him live. Um, but like, they were still considered like around like a lot of my friends is that the band that, and because like there were, like there were a band that was successful in our age. Like obviously we had to tear them down because that's what Australians do. Yeah. Um, so, but I kind of, I, I do remember this being on like the, 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 the um, videos being on V very, very um, regularly, like to the point yeah. that, it might factor in on a couple of my choices here about how much I like him or not. Um, but I'm interested. What, what is your what is your number thirteen? Um, starting off with something that I, if it was on Neon Ballroom, I'm sure I'd love it. But if mm-hmm. it's on Freak Show, um, not gonna lie, uh, never a fan of Lie to Me. Okay. I do right. like a short, hard, fast song. Generally, like a nothing against them. Yep. This one, I just. I don't really feel it. I don't know. No, no, if I'm in the mood for it, probably. We'll talk about but... it when it comes up, buddy. Like, don't. Okay. Don't, don't. Okay. Don't. Sorry. I got a bit <laughs> my... excited. I feel like I need to justify it now because it's... No, no, no. Because um, my number 13, my least favorite song on this album, and it's got a lot to do with the uh, the video, it's Abuse Me. Oh. Uh, I'll get into that. Okay. Well, I don't like it. Later. Uh, number 12. No association. You are insane. We'll get back to that. What is wrong with you? Look, you're aware I did this list about 20 minutes ago. I haven't listened to the album today. Um, I I have a comment that I will need to make it. I can make at any point, but I will hold on to it for a little bit. Yeah, you hold your peace. There is something I will say. Okay. Um, Did you read the Bragg article? Yes. There was a quote in there where they said they compared it to like dating in high school. <laughs> yeah, said, I did see that. Like, yeah. You don't feel the love, but can you remember how it felt? Yeah. <laughs> that article was actually, if you look up, um, yeah, like freak show articles, silver chair, like that, the one from the brag is actually quite, quite good. Yeah. It's another one also that they went into like, um, oh no, I think there's a, there's a, there's a medium 
like so that the website the medium there's like one where they go through and they asked a bunch of like uh musicians what what their favorite song was on French oh. and stuff like that, which was they i think they got like joel and benji madden um weird there's a couple other ones too it was yeah it was, a, it was an odd group of people that they that they asked yeah, the brag made an excellent point that it's it doesn't feel the same anymore, but you remember what it was like. So there's still a connection there. Yeah. But it's kind of stale. That's, that's okay. kind of where I am. What's okay. your number 12? My number 12 is Freak. Huh. Um, because... Because of the music video? Nah, that one was oh. like not too bad. It was more... Um, I think it's just... I just heard it too many times. And also, I just think like the lyrics is, are really bad to that one like that one that one like, i mean I'm, like i know that he's 17 whatever that stuff but like it, it was um you, you can you can cover it soon yeah for, uh, for now it? let's cover abuse me oh okay cool yeah um, don't like the title <laughs> um don't like the sailors overboard bit i think that's a terrible that's my favorite part jesus um i, I used mean, to get I that confused like... and think that that part was in slave <laughs> Yeah, look, I think that one, I suppose, it is a bit like... Um, I, I like the bass at the start. Like, there's this one I will, I will say, like, the bass has got a bit more to do in this this album uh, than Frog Stomp. Uh, I like... The one thing I do like is that the the um, producer convinced him to try the... The, sol- the, the guitar solo is backwards on this. Like, it's, oh, it's, yeah. like, it's kind of like a like that sort of thing. And he apparently the Beatles he nailed, style. He nailed it in, like, one take. Oh. Uh, and... Like that's a, a high point of the song. I just, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, th- this one never even on um, repeat listens and like further down the track did I ever um, like it. I used to not like "Miss You Love" and Anna's song, oh. but now I like them a lot because like I think just with a bit of this is a similar sort of vein, but it's not quite there. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't, I just don't like um, I don't like the sentiment of the chorus. Like I think I know I know what he's going for. I think it was like very much in the turn, the, the same vein of Nirvana's like "Rape Me." Yeah, um, it's aimed at all those people that are just hating on them for no reason, or just judging them, or think they know them. And yeah, I get it. But like you said before, like about the themes, none of it's very subtle, mm. which he hasn't quite learned yet. And that's a big standout across this whole whole album. Like this is clearly a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old boy. Yeah, that hasn't quite found how to. Mask his feelings properly, but then like yeah, <laughs> but then like there's like there's these these sudden little sort of bursts where you're like, oh, I can see where he's going, and we'll get there. Um, is that you got anything else more to say about abuse me? My lasting memory with it, and will always stick with me. I don't know if I ever heard it, but before I got to see Silverchair, I was obsessed with seeing them live because I knew that it's quite tumultuous. This is like from 2000 up to 2003 when they were kind of done. Yeah. So I would go on to chair page and I would look at like what people were saying about that. I'd look at the rev- reviews and in a sound check once they were playing this song. I, don't, I can't remember where it was. I may have a recording of it once upon a time. Um, Daniel Johns changed it to come on, suck Ben's dick. He likes it. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't hear that as like, my name's Ben. Like I just pictured this fun. Like, Daniel and Ben used used to seem to have this really fun dynamic like they seem like really good friends they're really goofy and fun together yeah and it like the dave Grohl taylor hawkins type thing yeah they they were the primary songwriters of the, of the yeah too. but that always sticks to me every time i see that title i hear the song 
I can just think of him singing that and <laughs> trying to make Ben Gillies go red. Um, their live shows are something to like. They they were never like. And if you watch a couple of, of their later concerts too, like in the two thousands, like you would thought that they got it down by then. Like they were very awkward. Like he he didn't know how to be a front man in that sense. Like he they they sounded great. Like their their music was Sometimes. great live. Most Sometimes. of the time, they're not Blink One Eighty Two. I, um, I had quite a few bootlegs back in the day, and it was uh, quite hit and miss. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, there, but like, there's there was some, uh, but like his his banter in between songs, he used to sort of, I don't know, he put on an American accent when he would talk. Yeah, yeah, and he would also call people like motherfuckers like quite a lot. And I'm like, I just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, man. Just maybe just don't say anything. It was weird. Um, uh, what's your number eleven? My number eleven is lie to me. Ah, friends. Uh, so, yeah, so like, I, look, I, I said, like, it's it's a kind of a it's not a nothing song, but it's like it is a bit of filler. Um, I think I remember back in the day, I never used to like it just because I found before I knew sort of where their influences were, I thought it was them like trying to cash in on the whole punk thing at the time, which yeah, on this album, it, it still kind of think feels like that a little bit. It feels like they're like, oh, we should put a fast one on there and like sort of call it punk. But then they did the um, they did the Minor Threat song as a cover, so like they they sort of. Well, I found their stuff. I found this video where it was audio clips of Ben and Daniel, probably from around the time of recording, where they'd like gave a little snippet about the song. Yeah. And apparently, this one was they came in, they just started jamming. Like Daniel's like, oh, I've kind of got this riff. They jammed on it, like, oh, hey, that's a song. Okay. Yeah. He was listening to a lot of Minor Threat at the time. Yeah. They smashed um, it out. It was like, cool, put it down. Pretty sure he had a bad religion sticker on one of his guitars. Like, I remember like seeing that and going, oh, okay. Like, that's, you know, that's cool. Remember um, that lady in the mall that asked you what a bad religion was? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I remember the kid telling me that I can't come to the into the city again with my Crossbuster t shirt on. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he believes in God and he doesn't like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Don't stab me. <laughs> uh, what is your number 10? Is Learn to Hate. Ah. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a clump of songs towards the end here that um, I remember I used to always sort of just, they, they're interchangeable. So, like, it's like Learn to Hate, Roses, uh, Nobody Came, that sort of thing. But, like, I don't know, like, listening to it again, like, Learn to Hate, yeah, I will get to it when I, when I get to it, but, yeah. 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 My number 10 is Nobody Came. Oh. I quite like that one a little bit. <laughs> quite like that one a little bit? Okay. A little bit. Uh, let's one? talk about Freak. Now, this was like, if you want to actually, uh, this was kind of teased or not released, but like um, they did a New Year's Eve concert at Luna Park where they pretty much played the entire uh, album in full. And that was the first time, like a lot of people heard Freak, like a, a, a big bunch of people outside of like Newcastle, <laughs> sort of heard Freak for the first time. Um, and this one became like, you know, I think a couple of weeks later, I, I think when we, we, I think we talked about it in our January episode where it was in the it was in the charts, and yes. um, they, so yeah, this the, the, like this was very much just everywhere, especially listening to Triple Day. And I think um, it really, for, for me, like remembering at the time, all it did was it polarized to the point of like, if you really liked Civil Chair, then you liked him even more. 
but it also didn't like it didn't win a lot of people over. I don't think because <laughs> I think it was too angsty and like even like le- like the lyrics are just so sort of like bold and out there sort of thing that people are going, oh, this is this is not great. <laughs> but again, there's elements of I don't want to keep calling back to Foo Fighters, but there's like Dave Grohl nonsense, yeah, as well. Like I remember at one point reading something that. Daniel Johns has a recurring theme of cold sores. Oh, yeah. <laughs> throughout this album, I think there's like three mentions of cold sores on this album. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, <laughs> things like Baby's Got Rabies, middle of it, like just weird random sentences that rhyme. Yeah. But it's such like a catchy, easy tune. But as Laura pointed out to me, um, and it probably would have been a case for a lot of people as music television was getting bigger, the music video was kind of freaky and not great to watch. No, I was like, it was, kind they were, of they were using the song. They were using their sweat to make like rich people like beautiful, sort of thing. Like that's that's the whole thing. Is like they the they were like uh, giving youth to old people through their sweat, and they yeah. had to like play. And it's like you know, which is like it's a weird, a kind of a sick idea when you think about it. But it's also the videos. I got no problem with the video. Um, I think my thing is yeah, just more like the um, it just was a bit too. It's just a bit too a bit obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I think I, I know. Like then, but also, I mean, I, don't I know. think it makes for a good first single. I think it's a. I shouldn't mm. be saying this when I've got it at nine. I'm just a bit over it, and it's a bit kind of boring. But like, as a lead song, yeah, it's a good start. And when we get to the next one, the ballroom, we'll tell you how much. Like, I I had no. The. Anthem for the year 2000 made me, like, not give a shit about Neon Ballroom at all until, like, I finally yeah. got over it. Like, that was the one of the worst leading sing- singles for an album ever, I think. That anyway. should have been, that should have been a freak show. Yeah. Um, Your nine. My nine is Learn to Hate. Yay! Yeah, so, um, again, like, I think it's not so much, like, a nothing song, but um, this one's, like, very angsty. <laughs> Can I tell you, so, the video I found where their child versions are talking about these songs. Yeah. I'm going to give you, give you the direct quote, what Daniel John said about this um, when he was born. It's just about like hate and stuff and how, how people hate other people for silly reasons. That's, That's what he said. Okay. <laughs> what he said about this song. And it shows. I don't know how it got so high up on your list. Uh, I mean, I, it was number ten on mine, so I was, <laughs> but I don't know how cra- how did it how did it crack the top ten for you when nobody came as ten? Yeah. <sighs> Madness. It's just it very similar to Lie to Me. I didn't want to have them both down that low because it is better than Lie to Me. But it's just it's it's a filler. This is the find a way or the cicada of this album. Can I can I can I uh, tell you I, that I when this came out? And you're listening to it, and you've got a chorus where you say, "Come and join the master play." Oh yeah, <laughs> you've half sold me on the record. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. But it's just like it's just it's so juvenile, um, but in a way of just like genius as well. Of just like, oh, you know, I suppose you can sort of put that in there and it kind of sounds legit and it's like yeah it, it is pretty clever though um and i do like the verses 
But yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> it just seems a bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's a bit obvious. Um, <laughs> oh, just, it is. Just it's very obvious. Like I said earlier, going back to this now, it's hard to not just, just see it as a bit tacky and. Yeah, it does sound like a little bit. Um... You can hear the youth in them. Yeah, very angsty. All right, what's your next one? My number eight is uh, our freak's friend, Slave. Ah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Like, it's not because it's bad. Um, It's just, to me, Slave and Freak are kind of the same song. Okay, that's not true. Um, I, th- I feel like they might be. My next one, I feel like this one's going to upset you. Next one's Cemetery. Yeah, I'm a, bit, I'm a little bit upset, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. Let's move on. Next uh, one. I feel like mine might upset you, possibly. It is Pop Song for Us Rejects at number seven. Ah. But nothing can really upset us now, because it's top seven. That's, that's Yeah, yeah, it's not so bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, we're halfway uh, My next one's uh, Roses. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I feel like I should have swapped these now looking at it, but I'll commit to Petrol and Chlorine at number six. Okay. Well, let's talk about Pop Song for Us Rejects. Hey! At number six. Um, I The reason I love this so much is that um, it's the the chords you use at the start, that, like, that kind of C chord, but then you move it up to D. Yeah. It's, just, it's so fun to play. And, Classic. And, it, like, and it sound and you know, it doesn't... You you can make it sound good, like it's like it's not it's hard to fuck it up. So it's like I remember like doing that all the time once I learned how to play that. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's record. I although it's not, I think just because there's so many sludgy songs on here to me that sound the same, this one stands out, and it yeah. makes it sound a bit like to me this could have got onto Neon Ballroom almost. It sounds a bit more mature, a bit more yeah. thought through than the rest. I always thought though that like, uh, it's good that they're so diverse, like the verse and the um the chorus. But I wonder, like, when the chorus comes in, you're like, ah, oh, it's just another freak show chorus. Like, maybe they could have like yeah. done something a bit more to it. But it's like, but then again, like, it's kind of its charm is that like it's it's got like sort of nice little divide of things. So. Yeah, and he talked us about cold sores again, so that's always fun. <laughs> I feel um, like he wrote the other, uh, was it Freak, before he discovered cold sore cream and he was angry. And then in this one, he's found that <laughs> cold sore cream can actually help and he's feeling a little bit better. I think um, our first one that's got the orchestra in the background too, or the string section. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it just the, makes such a difference. The use on this album of that is just amazing. And like, that was... I think it, like the producer sort of helped, but I think it was very much like, like Daniel Johns wanted to sort of put that into it and... Um, the <sighs> and you get to hear his voice like he's not he's got a great voice when he wants to and he's not really showing it off in this but it's yeah it's a bit better than uh, what else he, we've heard so far on like what I've listed yeah and then um, uh, Nick Lonay who um, was the producer and like um, engineer on this one he says one of his favourite uh, I'm not sure if it was on Neon Boring but he said like there was a time where um, Daniel Johns was 
in the booth and basically harmonizing with his with his voice like what the notes that he wanted the string section to play and he's like he said like it was just amazing to watch this like very very young person basically just compose yeah classical music with his with his voice and it's like yeah it's 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 definitely uh interesting um so up to my oh no that was that was me this is uh my number five is rosie's Roses. Let's talk about roses. I probably should. I probably those ones could be swapped around, but like the um, the chorus to this song is just amazing. It's, it's so thunderous, and um, they've got a live version of, on one of the singles, and it's it's just as good. Um, yeah, love to, love to hear this live. So again, about a lot of songs sounding the same. Um, it there's. I don't know if it's like what came first or what got more work uh, <laughs> put into it. This one is up there above. Oh, I don't want to say it's above some of them because some of them have already. Uh, some of them haven't cut up yet. But yeah, this one always stood out to me. I was always keen to get to this end of the album with, you know, the last few tracks. I felt really flowed together nicely. And yeah, that chorus is. Yes, he just he's got it just right, I think. And again, like lyrically, vo- maybe not lyrically. Sorry, there's like four lines, but like vocally, uh, it's not yeah. as dull as some of what he does. It's very and like this, the the guitar is just perfect on this one, and just yeah, like it's, it's hard not to sort of go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was your number five, sir. Slave. Hey. Um, yeah, I, I get. Look, I do get the 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 freak um, connections there, but like, I I like the little. It's riff. like Go and Animal. Like they're a great team together. Yeah, yeah. But they're quite similar. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, I like how the, the the chorus is kind of the tempo sort of quick comes up a bit. Uh, I just like there's that kind of riffy like they get like in the in the in the bridge bit like where it goes uh really fast yeah yeah towards the end it's just that's that's really that's where thing. i forget and think that he's about to throw soldiers overboard <laughs> and um that's that kind of reminds me of the end of like, like, like the end of go like it, yeah it, goes, it, it like really in, like intensifies until the end and then um it just, it's got a bit of a madman vibe too yeah yeah it's definitely yeah. got a madman vibe yeah yeah uh all right you're number four sir Oof. Uh nobody came. Okay. Um look Why do you I, hate it? I don't hate it. <laughs> I, um, like I, I, I like the ending a lot. <laughs> like the, the, the outro of this song is amazing where it starts to get a little bit it's, like, it's kinda of like Slay, like it, it kind of goes a bit yeah. quicker. Um It's look, it's not again, it's like um the obviousness of like the subject matter is is like right out there on front. Oh look, that and that's fine. Um, I know. I think it it does sort of blend into roses and learn to hate a bit for me sometimes. Like, and maybe that's like it's it's more of a recency I thing of like. I think that's part of I think why I used to like it so much. Like, I know I just kind of complained that um, freak and slave just blend together, but they blend together as a good one-two punch. Yeah, roses. Nobody came in the closing. Is like. That's like a Mama Son tape to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a nice little trio of songs that, yeah, if you weren't familiar, they'll kind of blend in into the same song. They do kind of sound like the same song. 
But I think there's good little stories in there. And this one especially, lyrically. Um, although, like you said, it's pretty obvious he's not hiding much. But there's a really good story. It feels like a Soundgarden song to me. Yeah. In places. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, he's, he sounds like a grown-up. They sound like a grown-up band. And this it feels like a song they really worked on this and shaped. Boring. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that this was from like uh, Frog Stomp days is like they probably did like add on to it and stuff like that. And but yeah, this one this one could be neon boring very easily. But yeah, it's it's a great tune. Uh definitely worthy of top five. <laughs> All right, now number four is the closing. Huh. Okay. Uh what was your number four? no, what's number three? I'll give you one last guess. Of what your number three is? Symmetry? No, the closing. Oh, God. was it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I even said one last guess, you know, because it's the end. The closing. Um, cool. Let's talk about the closing. What um, better way to end an album than with a song about some sort of ending? I always huh? like... It, this. Yeah, this This song's a, such a good ending to an album. Um, I remember uh, watching Recovery and... It would have been it was it was Recovery's last show of the season or whatever of the year, and they had Silver Chair on, and I think they had played like, I think they played like Freak and Cemetery, it's like probably like a couple of like the very obvious ones like the singles, and then at the end they played, I think it was like No Association, but then they played the closing as like a bonus, and so I got to play, I got to see it like yeah live, as well, as live as I was ever going to see it sort of thing, and it was just. It was good to hear, like, very rarely, yeah, that, that, especially those days, heard a band play anything else apart from their single live on TV. Yep. And this was just amazing. So uh, It's was... not quite single-worthy, really. No, no. But I like, um, and I also, like, I remember when I learned how to play it too, because a lot of these songs, like, they've got the open D tuning in it, so it was like, I don't say they're easy, but, like, once you once you sort of got it, and, like, if you got that guitar tone just right, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. They're fun to play. Yeah, like a bit of a, a fuzz pedal or big muff mm. or something going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, and again, like I said, comes on nicely from Nobody Came. Yeah. They've got similar tones, similar vibes. This is a little bit slower, I guess. But oh, I, Yeah, and the, the, um, the sort of uh, me and Shane bit sort of reminds me like a little bit Israel Sunnish sort of yeah. in there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. And little um, Ben wrote the music. Good for you. What's that? Ben wrote the music. No? <laughs> nice, good for him. <laughs> and then um, you can, you know, you, and I did, I, I, I did totally go back and watch that um, performance. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, actually, there's quite a lot of uh, Silver on YouTube that you can watch. It's kind of cool. Um, my number three, um, where it should be, is No Association. <laughs> Why should it be there? Because, well, for me, I remember um, when I first heard it, I was just blown away by how. Um, to me, it's like, it's just a really strong, I don't know, kind of like a fuck you song. Like it's, it's quite, it's quite a, it's, it's, it's just got a really good riff. It's got decent lyrics. There's one lyric I'm not very happy with, but yeah. Um, I just, and I remember when I learned how to play it, I was like, <laughs> thought I was like a God, even though it's like, <laughs> it's not that hard to play, but like, it's just, it sounds does really it, cool. Does it remind you of if Leash and Blood had a baby? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Pearl Jam right. songs for yeah. anyone else. <laughs> um, I don't Speaking like, of, um... kind of, um, the other day, sorry, Laura and I were coming home listening to this and 
I don't know if you've ever seen that vine where the kid goes, the kid says, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. Um, so she sets me up with that and says, she's like, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I like silver chair better than Nirvana. <laughs> nice. Is it? I mean, neon ballroom. I get it. I like, I like but, that. She has that, uh, that faith in you that. I don't, that's I don't uh, uh, look, I, the faith in me that I won't be mad at her for saying it because I, I kind of was. I think Nirvana is very much a band that if you grew up at the right, t- I mean, not I mean that you're kind of excluding this, but like, um, uh, it's a, it's it's all about like age and like um where you sort of put your loyalties on some stuff. So I think I can totally believe that someone, um, of her age bracket would think that because like they probably got all of the Nirvana stuff sort of like thrown at them rather than sort of naturally going like, oh, this is like yeah. what I'm listening to at the time sort of thing. And whereas Silver Shield would have been like right right at, right at her um, feet to like to listen yeah, to and to absorb. But when she said it, I couldn't care less if I died right now. There's <laughs> <laughs> a right. good line. There, it is good lyrics. It's like a lot of these songs are very short lyrically, but every now and then he does have a good little line that'll hit you. And it... I don't like contemplating suicide. Um, I don't like that's and that's look. That's just like someone. It's I just... not as bad as suicidal dream, is it? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't. I I feel sometimes, and at the time he didn't sort of probably didn't think about like the responsibility he has to like, you know, people who are listening to it who might not be in the the greatest space, but like. That sort of stuff there is where I'm like, you know, think of a metaphor, dude. <laughs> like, or like, and they, like, also, like, it's also good for him to be like really raw and like, you know, that's probably what people maybe wanted to hear right at that time. It may, I, I do, I had this conversation with um, a friend of ours like ages ago about that line. We had this like big debate about whether it was appropriate or not. Um, and they said that, like, you know, for them at the time, it was actually quite apt. And for people I knew, it was quite apt and lots of stuff. So it's yeah. just like, but with me, I was like, well, I think it's like, you know, maybe putting the idea in people's heads and, you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of way where you, where you fall on that sort of, um, ideology and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't you, like you've, that. But... You've given me some guilt about having it so low. I'll, I'll <laughs> applaud you that because okay. yeah, in, in hindsight, it probably could have, it definitely should have snuck up above abuse me and maybe learn to hate. Um, there's a bit in the middle there where they, um, he, He's playing it acoustically with like a chorus pedal or a reverb pedal, and it sounds just oh, love it. I love it so much. Uh, what you don't apparently love is my number two, which is Cemetery. Um, I do like it. Um, I do not like the video for it. I found it very cheesy. <laughs> I don't really remember it. I didn't see it great. very it's, much. It's very, very bad. But I do want to... Um, I do love this bit in it. And just talk about why you like it so I can find... Uh, my intro to this song came from... People of our age group will remember it. A little thing called Kazar Light. Where I downloaded what I thought was a live acoustic version of this. Which was not very acoustic at all. Unless he was playing one of his weird Gretsch guitars. But it's still not acoustic. <laughs> Um, but then listening to like old interviews, he said he wrote this and recorded it on like just a friend's little demo tape and it was not supposed to be a silver chair song. It was just like a little song that he wrote. Right. And now I wonder like, did I happen to download like a demo of this that ended up on the internet? 
back in 2001? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe. But that was... Usually I hated live versions of songs. I wanted to hear, like, the clean, produced version. Yeah. But this song must have been one of the very... In the first handful of Silverchair songs that I'd heard, like, as a semi-adult. Like, I'd heard them growing up in primary school, didn't really acknowledge it. But then when I actually started to discover music, this was one of the early ones. And being a semi-emo little kid... <laughs> semi. You've just read semi twice. <laughs> semi-adult and semi-emo. Yeah. Uh, that's where I was at the time. <laughs> I was sitting on the fence, like, do I become an adult? Do I become an emo? Um... <laughs> I ended up sitting on the fence for the next 20 years for everyone yeah. wondering at home. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just such a good little... And the same you're saying about the pop song chords. Yeah. Like, I love the chords to this song. It's so simple. It's so good. Would you... I always thought it as their disarm. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little this, bit. This bit here. Wait a minute. Are we covering Neon Ballroom? <laughs> oh, that bit there is just so That alone nice. sh- should get it above eight for you. Uh, yeah. Um, and the fact he keeps saying, I need a change, yet like the song never really changes itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like I think yeah really because uh, I remember when it used to come on because um, as you know I was quite the the V watcher um, I just always like this the, it's a bit cringe the film clip like it's it's like it, from memory it was like it was actually like a cemetery that he's playing in and I'm like what is it a metaphor is he actually saying that he was in a cemetery was like he just moved then man like, <laughs> um. There, oh, I'm just trying to work out, um, find out who there's, um, there was a, uh, someone in charge of the, um, of writing the, uh, some of the, because this, this, this is the only one that was recorded or edited. No, it was, it was mixed and mastered in New York. Um, oh. because apparently there was something to do with the, uh, the string section. So like this string section was a uh, different to the rest of the album. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really like. It probably, it probably could have gone higher if I didn't have like a a, a, a music video bias <laughs> about it. But yeah, it's just I find hey, it Paul. annoying. What? Hey, you just said music video. I know. I'm trying to I'm trying to flip between the two just to sort of annoy people. <laughs> Not annoying me. No. Uh, what is your number? Two? Oh, did you? That was your number this, two. This is your number two, sir. Very excited. Now. Oh, man, if we have the same number one after being so different, I will be very happy. So you've only got one number one to go. I do. Oh, yeah, we got the same number one. Um, yeah. This song, I... Um, went before we even started, I had the idea to, to do like a, um, a freak show sort of deep dive. I chucked this on to like a... I chucked a few songs onto a playlist just to sort of listen to in the mornings and this one came up quite a lot and i i just love it i love um how different it is to the rest of the album i love um the use of like different instruments on it i found like a couple of clips of them playing it live and it's 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 still um really good there too so petrol and chlorine 
is this is two. where my list that I said to you beforehand, I had like a bottom five and a top five. Yeah. Um, I definitely had a bottom three and a top three, but I had Petra and Chlorian at six. That's where it started to get really, really hard because I really yeah. like that one, but it's so different. Not heaps different from everything else on here, but it's, it's it stands out. Yeah, and I, I, I find it, um, yeah, just really a good... It's a little bit Beatles-y. It's a little bit Soundgarden-y. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely, definitely quite neon ballroom-y. Oh, definitely. You can see where, where, where the... Just trying to find the bit where I was... Like there's a sitar in this, right? Yeah, this yeah. bit. That's neon ballroom right there. Like yes. Yeah. This is great. And it's the frustrating thing about this album sometimes. So Frog Stomp, they're little boys. They're just doing their best. Freak Show, like, they're a little bit angry, like, but they're slowly maturing. Neon Ballroom is such a big step, like, musically, emotionally, lyrically. And there's little snippets of it in Freak Show. And it kind of bothers me because there's many points in this where it sounds like Ben Gillies is just Ringo Starr. <laughs> He's not an amazing drummer, but then we have little moments. And I know they got someone else into drum on this song with like other types of drums, but just having like a different beat, they're like a different strumming pattern. It's just, yeah, they were capable of so much more. Apparently he wanted like a certain type of Indian instrument, but they couldn't find, I can't remember what that one's called, but then they, they'd settled for sitar. There's this one dude that they they like got in touch with the consulate in Sydney, and they they said like to the Indian consulate, and they said like, do you know who who can play this? And they put him onto this this guy, and it's like, yeah, like it sounds great, and it's definitely like uh, that sort of. I know burned in my hand doesn't got that sort of, but like it's got that sort of vibe to it as well, and it's just yeah, like a yeah. Matt Cameron timing that's just forced upon the song. Yeah, and then. <laughs> But like even when they play it live and they don't have the sitar and the string section, it's still good. There's like there's a there's a show they played a lot of their if you're looking for like a good uh silver chair um live show to watch on YouTube, like any of the ones in Newcastle, like the sort of the homecoming shows were always great. But there's one particular I think they played in two two thousand and two or three. Um, where they play like a lot of deep cuts and this is one of them and it's great. It's Probably just... thinking it was their last ever show. Mm, was it? Because that's that was kind of when it was all over. That's they they were it supposed be to be done end. after that. Yeah, it very much, it very much might be. So yeah, um... it wasn't obviously, but yeah, I think that was the idea at the time. Uh... Um, the other thing about this, which I really enjoy, and I not intending to sound like a wanker here, but I've always struggled writing complete songs. Yeah, like verse, chorus, bridges, whatever. Like putting them all these pieces together i find it so much more satisfying and i think it adds so much more to the song when someone else writes a part and so petrol and chlorine apparently ben had a piece of music and daniel had a piece of music and they put them together and which like just changes like the diversity a little bit the flow of it a little bit because it's not coming from one brain it's i've got some music you got some music mash it together like it works and it's it obviously works together, but I don't know. There's just something about it now that I know that that's two brains that made the music separately. Not like they wrote it together. Yeah, they both had individual song parts that just like oh these go together. 
Yes, it makes it makes for a better song a lot of the time, I think. Yeah, I agree, yeah. So Less like it's... obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's the most unobvious one of the entire... Um, uh, this is the paint album. pastel princess of this album. Oh, yeah, you said it, man. <laughs> Fucking love that song. There was, a, there was a time last year where I played that song like nearly every day for like a month, a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like... It's not so much as a depressing song, but it's like a song where if you're feeling, if you're not feeling, you can feel happy listening to that song, but if you, if you're not happy, it's also fine. And that, uh, that song, Pain Press Prisons, is like, yeah, it's. I'm not a huge fan of it, me. to be honest. Aren't you? <laughs> no. no, you're a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, our number one, should we say it together? Three, two, one, The, the Door. door. Such a good song. Um, I think even for the first time, like I learned that, and also again, like in a long way, like if you can, you can play it pretty easily. Um, but I love how the bass goes, kind of like I don't think it's playing the same notes. It's just like the, there's a couple of times where you can really hear, and like obviously as a bass player, I'm like listening out for it. But like, of course you are. Yeah, and so, talking about it endlessly. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like the fact that it was like had had a bit of um, because uh, there's a couple of bits in the song where you can hear it like really distinctly, and I was like, yeah, cool. I want to hear Chris. I I love that. Not only that, we both picked this. I've always loved this song. This was this has always been my favorite song on this album. It was the first thing I wrote on this list when I started doing it. Um, but this is the one that they called the Poxy song, and looking back at it. Daniel said that he didn't like it and he didn't want to do it. And Chris and Ben were like, no, let's just keep working on it. Let's just keep working on it. Let's like have a go at it. Yeah. And now we've both picked it as like our favorite song on here. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really like, it's, it's just to me, if, um, <laughs> to, to harken back to our, uh, no code discussion, this is the hell, hell of this album, because it's the song I associate most with this album. Um, it's, yeah, and it's like, same. it's not the single, it's like, it's just the best song on the album. Yeah. Um, so like, like the same could be said to like, I don't know, with like with verses and stuff like that, like it's, uh, you've, you've got the songs, you've got the, you've got the singles and stuff or any, any of those like big albums that we've talked about, you got those singles, but like this, those singles aren't going to define what you think is good about the album if you're like a big fan. So yeah, I, I really like the door. Um, I think. It's one of those songs that people in bands, you always want to write a song like that where it's pretty simple. Yeah. There's not a lot to it, but it all just like hits exactly where you want it to hit. Yeah. And it's, it just sort of, and I also like the fact that the way it ends is great. It just ends. There's no, it's just like, there's one, there's um like a last chord and it just sort of like just fades out and that's it. Ah, that makes me drown. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's really good. No. <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I, I just think that um like you, like the when I was making this list list, like it was like Oh, this is gonna be really hard, apart from, you know, making the door number one. Ah, <laughs> uh, incredible. Everything's um, all right now. The the re- <laughs> the rest of our lists, which were a shit show, it all comes together. Let's go through a few of the um the B sides. New race is the one I really wanted.
a lot of their B-sides were fast. Like you know what that song says to me? What's that? And even more so now, I know that the producer of this album, and maybe for that song, did a lot of Midnight Oil stuff. <laughs> yeah. Where the that. song intro is amazing. You're like, ah, oh, what is this song? And then suddenly it's completely different, and you're left quite upset. <laughs> um, so that was New Race. Um, it's really good. There's also got, uh, this is Punk Song, punk song 2. This one's, this one's very much like um, it's like oh, was, they, this, was this used in something? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was. Ah, oh, fuck. Um, I find that they're <laughs> they're the bands. There's a sort of band that like their B sides could have been another person, another band's. Like A side, like they, like their B sides are, are still really really good. Like some 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 other bands I know of could, like could, could go like years and years without writing like you know. And it's like they're not they're not complicated or like brilliant songs, but like they just work really well. And they they've got a good groove to them, and it's just yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to. It was in Scary Movie. Oh really? But I feel like it was somewhere else as well because I haven't seen that movie very. Right. Very many times. <laughs> You're not a big scary movie fan. No, I can't say. Yeah, uh, apparently that's all it's in. You haven't that's got a annoying. baby dick too. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever have their their rarities album? No, no. It's actually pretty good. This is well, on there. Stoned uh, is on there. Surfing bird. Before it uh, became no, a uh, no, a, a meme. No, no. Of Family Guy. It's, Even before uh, it was a meme, it was terrible. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm not going to play that one. Okay. Um, Place <laughs> I can't. Um, and then they also did a couple of like, um, uh, they got they did also the, the Minor Threat uh, cover. Um, that's, a, that's a live version. Um, they also did like this thing with Freak where they did like a bit of a remix. This is like them getting to their electronic, electronic stuff. Um Ooh. It sounds like they said we want the Mortal Kombat theme and with Freak in the background. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's pretty much everything that we can talk about with Freak Show. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, except um, I only found out today that it is not Patrick Rena on the cover. It's not? No, it is, um, an act, I think it's an actual guy from, like, sideshows and carnivals. Oh, did you think it was the guy from, um, the Sandlot? Kill- yeah, the Killing Me Smalls guy. <laughs> it looks that- a lot like him. Is that, what someone, is that what a lot of people thought? Probably. Jesus. Call in, let us know if you thought that that was, um... <laughs> The guy from Son in Law, because it yeah. looks a lot like it. Brady Styles Jr., a sideshow performer afflicted with um, Ectrodactyl, which is the, the. He got the stage name Lobster Boy. It looks like him. Come on. Okay. I don't think that's very nice. <laughs> Not his hands, just his face. <laughs> They've got the same oh, eyes. Oh, that's fine. And... Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is Freak Show, um, and thank you for listening. To us, go through that, and uh, if you got if you got your own opinions, as everyone always does, please let us know at livingthepastpod at gmail dot com or check us out on Instagram, uh, livingthepastpod. Uh, it's yeah, it's we're we're 
get into our into our ninety seven groove and it feels pretty good. So we are not a great start to be honest, but you know it's getting somewhere now. I just I disagree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, but until next time, um, throw those stay freaky. Sol- throw those soldiers over, sailors overboard. <laughs> All right, this is the closing. Bye-bye. Welcome to the closing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.